You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 99 of the podcast. One away from 100 fellas, it's Cody, Abrams, and Melbourne joining you. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us again for this one as we continue our division preview series for the upcoming NHL season that gets started in just a couple of weeks, which is really exciting. Last week we talked about the Pacific. We're going to be moving on to the other division in the Western Conference, the Central Division, but first of all uh how are you guys doing on this monday night as we're recording well you said it hard it's a monday night so i'm uh feeling a little tired as always but good to be back here in collingwood back in the office with all these weights behind me that i never use and uh like you said episode 99 so this better be the greatest episode of all time right yeah, yeah, definitely. Better be uh, the great one episode for sure, number 99. Uh, I'm good, boys. Like Casey, I'm a little tired this weekend. I think I might have slept five hours total for this weekend. Paige and I were babysitting her niece. And uh, yeah, babysitting uh, a three-year-old, you don't sleep. It's impossible. So that was just hectic. And then, of course, just with school and stuff, like keeping busy. And even after this, I've got probably another four hours of uh uh, reading to do so that should be fun but uh yeah overall good uh excited to talk hockey and uh ready to get going into our second installment of the uh projections here yeah definitely so uh of course uh, like i said off the top we're talking about the central and so uh if you weren't with us for our first episode talking about the pacific division basically what we're going to do is we're each going to give our projections so one through eight and then we're going to have some discussion and at the end try and come up with a consensus uh one through eight rankings for this division so uh melbs why don't you kick us off with uh your one through eight uh, projected standings for this central division for the upcoming season. Take it away. All right, Harb, just to get into it. Uh, I want to say some opening notes here. I think this is Colorado's division to lose for sure. Like they're the reigning President's Trophy winner. So I think if anybody else wins this division, I'll be extremely shocked. Uh, also, I think Arizona will probably finish dead last. They're rebuilding. They're going to be terrible this year. Everybody knows it. Uh, they're trying yep. to tank, get that first overall pick. So I, I've got them at uh, eighth. And then the the remaining six teams in the middle there, Personally, for me, I think it's a toss-up. I think you can make an argument for any one of those six teams uh, to finish second place or to finish seventh place. So I don't know if that's going to be popular or not, but that's just how I feel when I look at this uh, central division. So I've got Colorado at one, Winnipeg at two, Minnesota at three, Chicago at four, uh, Dallas at five, St. Louis at six, Nashville at seven, and Arizona at eight. So that's my list. Uh, You guys might disagree. Who knows? Uh, But Case, we'll go to you. Give me your one through eight. Yeah, we always try to challenge ourselves to make these division ranking episodes a little shorter. And I think we're going to accomplish that this episode because we're pretty close, Chad. I've uh, I I had an easier time ranking these 
than the last one, but at the same time, less fun because honestly, I find this division so stale compared to the other ones. Even the Pacific that we say is the worst division in hockey. There's a few teams that they've got some skill that's fun to watch. Obviously, Colorado is fun to watch in this division, but the rest just feels so stale for me. Um, so I feel pretty good to where I came with my rankings. Um, I'm willing to go either one spot up or one spot down with every team in this division except Colorado. And uh, they're at the top. My, uh, my rankings is Colorado, Winnipeg, the Wild, Dallas, Chicago, St. Louis, Nashville, and Arizona. So I think we've got every team the exact same except Dallas and Chicago are flipped. Oh, my God. And let me say, Case, I literally had the hardest time between Chicago and Dallas at four and five because, like, I originally put Chicago there. And then the more because I I really think that this new retooled roster is going to be a lot better than they were last year. You know, like adding Flurry and the Jones brothers and Tyler Johnson and getting their captain back and John. Taves, I think they're going to be really good. But then, like, you can't ignore Dallas. Like, they've got a great lineup, too. And we can't forget they were in the Stanley Cup finals just two seasons ago. So they're still good. And they've got a lot of underrated players. So th- those were the two teams that I had the most trouble with. So I'm very much willing to move those if, uh, if that's and, what we decide. And like I said, I'm willing to go one up or one <laughs> down with every team. So twist my rubber arm yeah. and talk me into doing one of those. We're just pushovers this episode, eh, Harp? How, how, how does your one through eight look, Harp? Does it look the same as ours or what? The, you know what? It's it's uh, almost identical to, to you guys. I, so, I mean, that <laughs> makes things easy. And, uh, yeah, Case, kind of what you said, I had a tough time sort of with uh, the middle part of this division. Colorado at the top, no question. But then for me, not only Arizona at the very bottom of this division, but I had Nashville down there as well. And so once those three were out of the way, it, I, I really had a tough time stacking up the middle. But uh, I guess the only difference for me in my projections would be that I'm a little more bullish on Dallas. And so here is uh, how my uh, central division stacks up. So Colorado at the top, number one, no question. Winnipeg at two, Dallas at three, Chad, I know you had them at five, Uh, Minnesota at four, Chicago at five, but I think Chicago is going to be very competitive this year with that uh, new look roster, Uh, St. Louis at six, Nashville at seven, and of course, Arizona at number eight, Uh, they have teared things down in the desert, so yeah, boys, all across the board, pretty similar, so uh, let's talk about a few of the teams. Okay, well, I mean, that's it, right? I mean, we just have to switch Dallas into the four spot because Harp, you had them at three, I had them at five, and Case had them at four, so let's just meet in the middle there. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode 99 <laughs> of the podcast. That's it. Those are our rankings. Bing, bang, boom. We're all done, so here we go. Uh, yeah, well, why, why don't we go why ahead. don't we talk about – let's talk about Dallas then. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, I, well, actually, you know what? Let, let's back up a bit. Let's do it how, okay. how we've done the previous episodes. And let's just go one through eight. And, and since we agree on, on our top two, why don't we start with those and just kind of get them out of, out of the way? Why do we think Colorado sure. is going to be number one in this division besides the obvious reason that they're the reigning <laughs> President's Trophy winners <laughs> and arguably the best team in the NHL? Uh, Case, you're going to have to convince me or make your argument. Oh. <laughs> I think you got to slow down on the best team in the NHL. 
honestly, I'm still pretty high on this team. They're the best team in this division for sure. They were the President's uh, Trophy winning team, but I think they do take a slight step back in that they're maybe going to be like three or four in the whole league, but they're still going to be first in this division. Um, you know, it's it's a great team top to bottom. They've got one of the best lines in hockey as that first line. They're pretty deep all around the lineup. They've got a great decor, and that's even talking with Devin Taves injured at the moment. And they picked up a good goalie to replace uh, Grubauer this year. So yeah, it's still going to be a dynamite team in this division, although I think they do have a couple pieces missing that maybe knock them back a little bit in the total team standings in the NHL for myself. Yeah, so they lost Brendan Saad um, to St. Louis, I believe he went. That's right. Yeah, they, they lost uh, Jonas Donskoy to Seattle in the expansion draft. Those are two big mm-hmm. names, and then also Ryan Graves to New Jersey. So those were a few big names, big pieces for this team. Obviously, not the biggest, but great depth pieces uh, for for this team that they lost, and that's unfortunate. But I will say, and I had this in my notes here: expect Tyson Jost to get better because he has been getting better every year. Um, expect guys like Newhook and Byram as well, two young guys, talented guys in this team to take steps uh and plus they have ryan murray now to fill out their bottom pair and uh that's another capable defenseman uh you know for this team so i think oh and also too my final point on, on their additions they got pavel francouz back and and francouz or francouz however you want to pronounce his name he didn't play a single game last year for this team uh, but going back to 2019 20 or 2019-20 uh where he played 34 games i believe he had a 923 so, like, th- this is a capable backup goalie, and uh, I think they've only improved in that position. Whether or not you think Kemper is an upgrade or a downgrade to Grubauer, I think they're they're pretty comparable, especially, like, in their numbers in terms of workload and whatnot. Um, you, you, we can argue on that, but I think their backup position got better. So, I don't know. I do see them maybe taking a little bit of a step back, but uh, there are also some guys who can fill some lineup roles. And I think a team like Colorado, similar to, you know, Pittsburgh, of the past they just find guys and they, they are always just good so yeah i think we're in agreement colorado is is gonna yeah. be sick <laughs> out of all the top teams in this league they've got to have the lowest like average age they just have to mm-hmm. there's so many young players on this team like a lot of guys from that age group of 25 or 26 to 23 which is a great great way to be when you're starting to build maybe a future dynasty here in colorado and then yeah talking about goalie i honestly i'm so high on kemper and so, you know he's going to be playing for a good team now so you can only imagine that he's going to improve off what he did last year which was already fantastic so playing with a real team in front of you that isn't ready to eat all the cap in the world um sounds like a good improvement to me yeah for sure no i i'm very bullish on colorado i think rightfully so they're the number one team in this division you're right case i think i could see them you know finishing third or fourth in the entire league and they did lose some some good guys you know another guy too connor timmons a very good young defenseman who's going to get a good opportunity in the team that we have ranked at the bottom of this division the arizona coyotes he went there in the darcy kemper deal along with a first round pick and uh, they lost some other good uh, depth forwards as well. Pierre Edward Belmar is another one of note. He went to Tampa Bay in the offseason. But, you know, they brought in guys like Darren Helm and uh, Artem Anisimov is on a PTO. So 
those are a couple of uh, guys that could sneak in the bottom six potentially and contribute. And uh, also on defense, um, you know, they lost a couple of good guys, as we mentioned, Timmons and Graves. But Ryan Murray comes in and uh, they added some muscle with uh, Curtis McDermott as well. So um, not much has changed with Colorado. And they're still a fabulous team. They've got to win a Stanley Cup, you'd think, in these next couple of years uh, with the group that they have. Also, uh, huge for them, I think, to get Landis Cog, captain, heart and soul player, uh, re-signed to a long-term extension this uh, offseason as well. Uh, So, yeah, no question, Colorado at the top of this division. Yeah, and and in terms of playoffs... You have to expect them to make a deep run this year, although I can't, I just can't see them winning a cup until their second line center stops getting suspended every single playoffs. <laughs> yeah, really. They've got to get out of the second round, boys. Like they're, They've got the curse of the second round. I don't know what it is. They're like the Leafs, but it's the second, not the first. So they've got to get <laughs> yeah. over that hump. And once they do, I think uh, it'll be smooth sailing. But yeah. yeah. OK, so Winnipeg, number two. Thoughts on them? Well, obviously, there's the quote from uh, Connor Hallibuck, right, that, you know, we're we're getting older, you only have so much time. And I forget the exact quote, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but, you know, your window was only so big. And, and so, um, yeah, I mean, Winnipeg has got the group there. I think they really improved their back end in the offseason, adding Brendan Dillon and Nate Schmidt, a couple of former Washington Capitals with a lot of experience. And so that's what we've been saying for the past three years, right? Is that, oh, I I like Winnipeg. I like them up front. That core that they have is there. Vesna Trophy, caliber goaltender, and Connor Hellebuck, but I don't know about them on defense. Well, I think they got a whole heck of a lot better on D with Dylan and uh, and Nate Schmidt. And I do like the forward group. Andrew Kopp was a really nice player for them this past year he really broke out for them um the only guy i wonder about and i just you have to think that this guy is going to be settled in by now and have a better year that it'll feel fresh for him is pierre Luc dubois it's time for him to go for the winnipeg jets and so i think if they can get him and a couple of other guys in that four group along with the the um additions on defense and the goaltender that they have uh winnipeg could make a really deep run this year and so uh definitely number two in this division yeah you took almost all of the words out of my mouth talking about this team (laughs) all of the points that i wanted to hit just started getting checked off one by one by one by one uh just to talk about pierre luc dubois quickly i think that he is ready for a bounce back season um even they were his words that he was coming off the worst times of his life in Columbus under the reign of Tortorello. So I have to assume that a full season starting at training camp with Winnipeg is going to mean the world to him and that he's going to be coming out guns blazing. Like you said, there's a couple guys that have come out and proved themselves as goal scorers on this team now and Andrew Kopp and Ehlers. There's guys on this team that we know are good and Connor and Shifley and Wheeler 
We love their bottom six. Always do. Always a talking point. We love that third line. Um, And like you said, they needed to improve on defense and they improved on defense. I still don't think that they have a top pairing defenseman on this team, but they're very deep and I like it a lot. Uh, And then, as you say, Connor Hellebuck, that guy can steal games any night. So I'm pretty high on this team and I was pretty certain that I wanted to put them number two here. Yeah, same here. And and just to build off what you guys said, like I, I love their top six. I think it's one of the best in the league. Uh, Ehlers really emerged last year as a really dominant player. And, uh, you know, there's some talk that he might be, you know, the best winger on that team last season. So that's, I mean, saying something for a team with one of the best uh, top sixes in the NHL. Uh, I do think that uh, losing Mason Appleton is going to be a huge loss for them because that third line was so dominant and he was a guy who just loves to run around and similar to, to Cop and Lowry also added some depth scoring as well so that's going to be a loss but I think they've got the guys to fill it in so it shouldn't be uh, too bad there. Um, they're essentially like we said going in with the same team up front a few subtractions a few additions uh, but they're looking better on the back end which I do like. I think they might have gotten worse at their backup goalie position but for a team with Connor Hellebuck as your starter I don't think it matters who plays backup because that's going to be your guy in the playoffs that's who you're going to be running with and uh, the backup position they lost uh, Laurent Brassois and I think Eric Comrie is now slotted in in the backup role but I mean like I said it doesn't really matter so overall top to bottom I I do like this team and uh, I think as long as you know they stay healthy and, and Hellebuck stays healthy I think that's the most important thing. Uh, They should be fine in the regular season, and I have no problem putting them at number two. Me neither. All right. Uh, So who have we got here next? The Dallas Stars, boys? So Case and I both have Minnesota, but if you can make an argument for Dallas over Minnesota, I'd love to hear it. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll try my best. Uh, I well, they've uh, they've got a boatload of goaltenders, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's um, right. <laughs> but uh, you know what? It uh, it it's very likely that Ben Bishop is going to be out for most of the year, and so they're looking at Jake Ottinger to take over the crease, and they've got Antoine uh, Anton Hudobin there, excuse me, and then Braden Holpe as well. And I know there's been rumors about uh, Hudobin maybe getting shipped out of Dallas. Um, Edmonton is a team that has had interest just uh, as an example. But, I mean, those are all three capable goaltenders, and Ottinger is the youngest out of them all, and I think had a very good um, season with uh, with Dallas in a shortened season this past year. Uh, so the goaltending, I think, is, is great. A healthy Tyler Sagan uh, back this year will be huge for them up front, I think. And then uh, on the back end, guys, I love what they did this offseason. I know, like, Chad, uh, you were kind of looking at the Ryan Suter deal four years. That might be a bit much. I agree that might not age well um, because he is, he is in his early 30s. But you know what? Very capable defensemen still can eat a lot of minutes. And uh, they added uh, Yoni Hockenpah as well. And so those two guys are bruisers. And then, of course, it's... Haskinen, your star back there, who they've got locked up long term, Klingberg and Lindell as well. So um, I just I think this team is very deep. They've got some young guys who are going to take another step this year, like uh, Kamano and a uh, Jason Robertson. 
uh, and and some other guys in that lineup as well. So I really like Dallas, and uh, I'm going to put them over Minnesota. I, I do think that um, Minnesota lost uh, a little bit of their mojo on the back end, losing uh, Suter and Carson Soucy. And so um, I, I, I got to give the edge to Dallas here. What do you guys think? I can't believe I'm hearing it because usually – Harps banging the Minnesota Wild drum constantly, <laughs> True, and he's always putting them way too high, in my opinion, the last two or three years here. So it's surprising you putting them on top. Um, that Yane guy, he just made my all names team list, like for sure. Uh, <laughs> I know a great name, eh? What is it? Haponka, Yoni Hawkenpaw, Hawkenpaw, Hawkenpaw. Yeah. just yeah. I love it. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I, I wanted to put this team higher at first when I was when I was looking here, but I came to the decision that you can't put two goalies in the net, so I kept them down at five <laughs> um, or four rather. Uh, but like I said, I'm willing to go up and down with either team. I think that the reason I had the the wild higher um, was less positive things for Dallas or negative things for. What am I trying to say? Minnesota. There's more positive things about Minnesota than there were Dallas. It wasn't negative things about Dallas. It was positive things about Minnesota that I wanted to to touch on. But I do like the situation that Dallas is in here where they're getting guys back, back healthy for a whole season. Radulov was hurt as well last year. A lot of people forget that. And getting him back and Sagan, that's always huge. I love this team's decor. I really do. Like, uh, Heiskanen's just unbelievable in my eyes. One of the best defensemen in the league. Klingberg's up there too. Everyone's ranking them, mm-hmm. him in their top 20. And then uh, Essa Lindell, he's hard to play against. He's a little bit of a bitch in my mind, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I watched him dive way too many times in the last couple of years. So uh, I, I'll rescind that. That was a little harsh. Sorry, Essa. But I don't really like him. But he's a good defenseman. And Ryan Suter, like you said, he can eat minutes. So I really love the decor and good luck putting pucks in the net on this team. So it's going to be interesting, the goalie situation and how that plays out. I think it all has to do with training camp and preseason, how Ottinger's looking because – Right now, in my mind, I'm not comfortable with Holtby and Ottinger as uh, as a Same. tandem. But you never know after training camp how you're going to feel about that. And Ben Bishop, what's his timeline? That's that's the big question, too. So if you are going to trade Hedobin, you better be getting a good return and feel comfy with how the goalies are at the time at the at the moment. So uh, a lot of positive things to say about Dallas. Uh, last year, I had them pretty high on my rankings, but they kind of fell out of favor with everyone so far in the or last year in the league so i'm a little hesitant to keep them high up but i do see them in a playoff spot this year okay well so i think then we're in we're in agreement. we can probably move dallas i mean up from my spot where i had them at five that leaves chicago out of the playoffs but that's okay i can i can deal with that um just touching on dallas's decor harp uh, you mentioned ryan Suter, and yeah i thought it was a bit long but honestly like i i think minnesota should have kept Suter because i think the buyout situation is ridiculous for that team they're going to have like 14 million dollars that they're not going to be able to spend next season which is yeah like incredible i can't believe that that happened like i understood the parisi buyout but the suitor one to me made no sense at all i thought they should have kept him yeah his number was a bit high but come on like you're gonna have 13 14 million dollars not to spend like how are you gonna be competitive if you can't 
that being said, like I still have them over Dallas here because uh, I, I think with Kaprizov back, he's only going to get better. I mean, he was a point per game last year as a rookie, uh, almost point per game. I think he was a few points short. Um, and I'm only keeping them here if they get Kevin Fiala signed because Fiala uh, is still unsigned and that's a guy who they absolutely need. Uh, sorry, Chad, just quick correction. It was a one-year extension for Fiala. But still, I mean, they oh, they oh, do need... Yeah. He did get done then. Sorry, I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize. So it was no, one year. No, that's okay. But it, it was only a one-year deal. So you're right. They need to, you know, they could lock him up during the season. They, they right. need to do that. You're absolutely right. But okay. yes, it one-year deal. Yeah. Okay. I've actually heard more talks about them trading Fiala this year mm-hmm. than locking up long-term. Yeah, that's, yeah, he was signed. That's scary. I didn't realize he was signed for a year. That shows how much I pay attention to Minnesota. But it makes sense. Like <laughs> they need him, but the one year deal is is wow. They needed him long term. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, so Fiala yeah. was one of their best players last season and and so was Kaprizov, obviously. I'm happy that they got it done because the NHL needs that. Um looking at their goaltending as well, I think Dallas gets the edge over Minnesota. Talbot was good last season for Minnesota. Kakinen was not, but I fully expect uh, both of them to be as good or better. I think Kakinen will only take a step forward uh, this season, so I'm hoping uh, to see some progress there. They're adding in, possibly, and this isn't for sure, but Minnesota will be adding in uh, Matthew Boldy, hopefully, and Marco Rossi, hopefully, Mm -hmm. if they're able to make it out of camp. I mean, I don't know if these players are quite NHL ready, but if they are and they're able to crack the lineup, clearly they're going to be put in an offensive role. They're both uh, talented offensive players, and that might be able to add some depth scoring as well. Final point on their D as well. I I think Minnesota's defense is criminally underrated around the league. I think Spurgeon and Brodeen are way better than like the casual NHL fan will give credit for. And uh, I I just think like their their decor is pretty good. So when looking at these two teams, I think there's actually quite a lot of similarities. Like they're pretty good in net. They've got a great decor, and then they kind of have balanced scoring. So I could see either of these teams finishing third uh, in the Central Division. But since both of you guys have Dallas in a playoff spot, I'm willing to move them up. Just not sure if I'm willing to go third. So I like Casey because you're the one who had Minnesota three and Dallas four. I'm gonna leave it up to you for for the final the final analysis here. What do you think? So what what's our top four? Well. What made me come around to Minnesota is that I think they finally have an identity in this team. Yes. And that's something that's been missing for so long. And that's yeah. something I had a problem with the last two years. And we were kind of using that analogy of uh, Kaprizov having to be the, the kid that saves the marriage. Well, I think it's all did. said and done now. And they've, they've got some guys locked up. They know who their guys are now. Uh, there's no more of a question of when is Dumbo going to be traded? They they know their captain now. There's just so many things that have actually been summed up and, and are, are signed now, except yeah. maybe Kevin Fiala is the question mark now. But um, you, you just love that that heart and soul line with Hartman and Foligno and uh, Greenway. And Erickson Eck has become one of the, the top two-way forward centers in this league. Absolutely oh, love yeah. that guy. Mm-hmm. And we, we finally know who's going to score goals on this team. So that's exciting. Their decor, yeah, it took a little step back, but it's still one of the best in the whole NHL. So, like, how are you going to keep 
how are you going to trash it too much by losing Ryan Suter? I don't, I don't know about that. So a lot of young guys coming up on this team too. You're going to get a youth infusion. I think they're actually on the the upswing now, which I can't believe I'm saying that because four <laughs> years ago, I was like, it's time to rebuild Minnesota. They've been a tweener team for the last 14 years. Yeah. But I mean, that's why I'm having a hard time with this ranking right now. Can I leave them in the middle? Like I always have. It's, it's tough. It's really tough. Um, I think that what I'm going to do is I'm going to put them at four. And that's mostly because of goaltending for me. And uh, Dallas has such an advantage there. Not only in who's going to play for them, but also they're going to get some big pieces back for whatever do- or goalie they trade throughout this year, which it's going to happen. And I think that Dallas is in the mindset that we only have a year or two maybe three left so we need ready now pieces we don't need futures for our goalies so i think that they're still going to be adding some strong pieces to this team as well so i i think i'm liking dallas here okay fair enough and i think uh i think klingberg's deal is almost up too i was reading something that like he might price himself out of re-signing in dallas so they don't really have a lot of time if that's the case and i don't know his actually his deal right now or how many years he has left that'd be something to check out it's quick google but um but yeah so i heard that so yeah okay if they're in win now mode let's put them at three and uh minnesota at four so we'll do that yeah yeah, excellent. I uh, that's where I had Minnesota was just below Dallas in that four spot. So yeah, right. you know what? I can't let Harper win. Let's change that around. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. N- number five then this Chicago. Is, this is Klingberg's last season. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Number five Chicago. Is that uh, fair to say we've got them in the number five spot? Yes. Everybody agree. Yeah, I agree on that, and I can see this yep. team sneakily working themselves into a playoff spot no problem and that's that's what's tough about these rankings right uh there's a lot of new pieces to this team and that's why i had a hard time ranking them too high i can't i can't you know picture what this team looks like because of all the new pieces but it's exciting what they've done in chicago they've really kind of retooled and and turned the ship around and uh, some key pieces coming back. Obviously, Jonathan Taves, that's huge. Even if he isn't the player he used to be, just having him back in the locker room with a lot of these young guys, that means the world to this team. Uh, Kirby Doc, you're going to get a full season out of him, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of good pieces brought in. The Joneses, Marc-Andre <laughs> Fleury, McCabe, Tyler Johnson up the middle. A lot of, a lot of key pieces coming in here. So pretty exciting times in chicago you you thought okay we've had our dynasty time to sit back and be a boring fan base for the next 10 years but they've turned it around yeah they certainly have love what they did in the off season and uh like they've got so many young players and we saw that last year with the amount of injuries that they had of course taves was out the entire year like you said case kirby doc as well for pretty much the entire year but uh these guys that stepped in like kurashev and hagel and the list goes on and they played really well and uh i know that you know myself included a lot of us had chicago written off from the start but they had these young kids in the lineup and they played really well and i i do think where they improve the most is goaltending and on the back end and and uh we don't need to go through all the names again but you mentioned it there and uh nice extension for connor murphy as well who i think 
has been a very underrated top four defenseman since he arrived in Chicago. So was happy to see that. And obviously for Jake McCabe because yeah. uh, he was great in Buffalo. So I was looking at the depth chart harp just to jump in there quickly. And, yeah. and as you mentioned, there's a ton of 99s and 98s on this team. Like a lot, yeah. a lot of 22, 23 year olds. So that's again, pretty exciting. And I always yeah. feel like I'm saying this a lot in the last three years, but the youth veteran infusion on this team is, is pretty exciting. Yeah. No, they've got a nice, they've got a nice mix. And you know, these past two episodes, right. We talked about the Pacific last week and now the central it's Chicago and LA, right guys. They had the dynasty years and they, you know, focused on, kind of rebuilding getting high draft picks for a few years but now they're they're two big studs on each team in la dowdy and kopitar in chicago taves and kane they're not getting any younger and they want to try and win another one before they hang them up so uh love to see it that these two teams are still following each other for sure. Harp, you talked about the biggest improvement for this team being in goaltending. Uh, no kidding. They had two backup <laughs> goalies last year, two, like, I would say American League goalies. And then they had a, the rookie, Kevin Lankin, and step in, play well for like 20 games or whatever. And then his play just like completely fell off. But uh, yeah. And then they now have the Vesna winning goalie, the literal reigning Vesna trophy winner as their starting goalie. So yeah, I think that's an improvement. Um, when I was looking at, at this team, I was kind of comparing them uh, to Dallas because I had Chicago at four and Dallas at five. And I look at their offenses and I find them very like I, I don't want to say similar because that's not the word, but I find them comparable in a way. So I actually wanted to ask you guys this question. So which top seven offense would you rather have Chicago or Dallas? Would you rather have Taves, Kane, Debrinket, Kubalik, Tyler Johnson, Strom and Doc? Or would you rather have Sagan, Ben, Hints, Robertson, Pavelski, Gurianov, and Radulov. Because I thought that was a difficult question. Personally, I, I'm I'm taking I'm taking Dallas. I'm just gonna say it. I um well, first of all, I'm I'm personally insulted that you just asked me what top seven I'd take. I don't think I've ever been asked <laughs> that know, in my I entire know. life. I know. <laughs> yeah, what a, that's well, yeah, like, true. Because let me let me explain. Because I wanted to do top nine, and then I realized, well, the last couple guys in their top nine are fine, but they're not like you know. And then I wanted to do top six. But then I was leaving off a, a good player on each team, so I was like, you know what? Yeah. The seven best forwards. Here you go. Yeah, I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm with Harp here, and I'm going to take Dallas mostly because of yeah, like experience and what they've proved. And I think that Chicago is top heavy in the, in their top seven, as you call it. <laughs> and I think that Dallas is is very deep there, very up and down the lineup, with the option of Sagan blowing up again, which could possibly happen. That w- that would be unreal if he did. Yeah, personally. I, I might take Chicago, but I see the argument for Dallas as well. I mean, 
Rupe Hints, and not to go back to Dallas, we already talked about it, but Rupe Hints was probably the quietest point per game player in the NHL last season. He was over a point per game. So like that's mm-hmm. that's a guy who you don't even hear about as being a superstar. Like we talk about him a lot because Harper's loved him since the day he was born. But I mean, other than that, like with the you know TSN says nothing about him. But going back to Chicago, got him at number five. Uh, I think their D is is good. Uh, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's good. Uh, yeah, adding the Joneses helps. And uh, I think they have Calvin DeHaan now on their bottom pair. So that's, I mean, he's still a, a effective player. He can be. Uh, losing Keith, I mean, he's still, you know, similar to Suter. He's still a decent player. But if they can replace him with other guys, sure, that's fine. Uh, and they they lost like David Camp to Toronto again. Not a big player, so I don't really think they lost too much. I think they just added some some key pieces, and I I just really like what they did in the off season. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm pretty high on Chicago. I could definitely see them finishing in the playoffs and and trying to creep their way in there. But for the sake of this list, I think number five is is probably perfect for them. Yep, I agree. Uh, all right, boys. The St. Louis Blues, they added uh, Brandon Saad and Pavel Buchnevich in the offseason. I think those were really the two big headliner moves. Uh, oh, and they just acquired Logan Brown from the Ottawa Senators uh, and a pick as well for Zach Sanford. Uh, So not sure what you guys thought about that deal, but uh, that was a couple of days ago. Um, So, yeah, what do we think of uh, of St. Louis guys? Of course, they won in uh, 2019 and uh, out in the first round uh, by Colorado. No surprise there last season. um, I mean, some some great players on this roster. They're getting older. What do we think about the Blues? Got them at number six. Okay. You know, I I have a few points on every team on my notes here. And the only point I have for St. Louis Blues is this team could be absolutely anywhere. Like, I actually have no clue where they're going to turn out. You're right. Although this is where I'm this is where I landed with them was number six. It's hard when you look at this team to kind of predict where they are. There's a lot of good players here but a lot of question marks too. And honestly, I don't really know when you ask me about Logan Brown and that trade, I personally, I think there's some, some positive attributes there, but I don't think he can skate at the NHL level. So I just don't think he's an NHL player that that's sad and final for myself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Looking at the team, there's a lot of guys that went out the door that, you know, I think they're pretty, pretty valuable. And also looking at who's left, um, I don't know. I'm kind of running out of steam here because I'm just <laughs> bored of what this team's become. Honestly, they're they're really good a few years ago, and it's kind of just gone downhill for myself now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. Personally, I like their off season. I think they did a lot of good things in the off season. That being said, I don't know if they're a playoff team. That's why we have them at number six here. But again, like I said, for this division, I could see any team really, with the exception of Arizona and maybe Nashville as well, uh, squeaking into a spot. So for St. Louis, they replaced uh, Mike Hoffman with Pavel Buchnevich, which I'll take that trade any day of the week. Hoffman. 
can score goals. I mean, he's going to be trying to do that in Montreal now. But Buchnevich yeah. is an all-around great player. He's a top six player, whereas I think Hoffman at this point might be depth scoring. Like, he'll probably play a top six role. But personally, I like Buchnevich a lot more. And uh, also, I think the big piece is uh, Vladimir Tirasenko. And he'll be back for a full season. He's uh, supposedly healthy, or at least relatively healthy, uh, for the first time in a long time. And uh, he had a quote the other day that he's just ready to work. That was the quote. I mean, it's very it's stereotypical <laughs> NHL player, but there's so many yeah. things that like come up in the media about Tarasenko because he wasn't, you know, he didn't like how his shoulder situation was handled with the team and whatnot. So the fact that he's there and he said that he has the attitude to come to camp and work, like that's that's good. That's good for the Blues. That, that was just an NHL player quote and probably (laughs) mostly by his agent because rewind a few months ago his quote was i can't believe they haven't traded me yet (laughs) so yeah yeah i don't know but listen the fact that he's at camp is good that's that's for sure oh yeah of course yeah he's he's not jack eichel he's a nice guy No, this is a big year for for Vladimir. There's no question. You know, can he stay healthy and play a a full 82-game season and contribute offensively like we've seen in the past, right? So, you know, that's a good thing that they've been able to fix that relationship for the time being. A couple of other notes on St. Louis guys. Um, Right now, it's looking like the PTOs that they handed to James Neal and Michael Frolik are really paying off. Neal had a hat trick in their first preseason game. But, I mean, at the same time, that's classic James Neal. He's good for the first 10, 15 games of the season, and then he's on waivers or whatever. But so far, so good. And then uh, Michael Frolik as well, he had a goal. Uh, in their first preseason game. And they've got a good young defenseman coming who could make the team um, on opening night. And uh, that is Scott Perunovic. So uh, just a couple more notes on St. Louis. But yeah, I just, you know, they they could certainly squeak in. Love Ryan O'Reilly to start with. Colton Pareko with a nice extension. He's the number one guy on the back end now. Um, but you know, there's, there's other teams that we've mentioned, the Dallas, uh, Minnesota and Chicago's of the world that have really improved. And so, yeah, St. Louis at six, I think for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Harp is, I see this team as no better or no worse than they were last year. And this year they're in yeah. a tougher division. They're in a tougher division looking back at the teams last year and all of those other teams in this division have improved as well. So like you said, Chad, Brandon Saad come in, replaces Schwartz. Uh, Buchnevich come, comes in, replaces Hoffman. I don't know. I just don't see this team being any better or any worse than they were last year. Yeah. So. And who did they get to replace Vince Dunn? Not really anybody, right? So it's like no, they that that's going to be a hole for them, and they have lost a few key pieces. But case I'm, uh, you know, I kind of agree with the fact that they're kind of the same. You know, they kind of look the same, just with some different yeah. pieces, but similar quality. Uh, expect guys like Robert Thomas and uh, Jordan Cairo to step up and uh, you know be better in in scoring roles this year. And uh, also, I will say too, I still like. Uh, uh, Bennington. I think Bennington is still a great goalie. 
Um, he didn't have a great year last year. I think he had like a nine ten or something. Um, but so I expect him to be better this year, uh, hopefully. And also, uh, Huso, their backup goaltender, was not good last year. He was a train wreck. He was one of the worst in the NHL uh, in terms of backups. And uh, that's not because I dislike the guy or anything. He just had a tough year. So I expect him to bounce back. He's still a good young goalie. Um, so if their goaltending is uh, better than it was last year, and they do get you know some more depth scoring and some younger guys step up, then sure, I could see them squeaking into a playoff spot but i think for the sake of this list number six is uh pretty fitting and we've got two left yep uh doug armstrong as well five-year extension for him to stick around as uh, general manager and uh president of the team so we'll see how it goes for st louis but yeah we've got him at six in our division rankings all right uh two to go and then we will wrap this thing up so nashville and arizona we will start with the predators um you know, they, they lose Ryan Ellis in the offseason. That's the big one. And they added uh, David Riddick to be the backup goaltender behind UC Saros, who had a breakout year. This guy uh, definitely received some votes for the Vesna. Um, he took a big step. And uh, they've got a few uh, young players who came back for, uh, for Ellis from uh, that three-way trade with Philly and Vegas in uh, Cody Glass and Philip Myers, but I just I don't think this team is is any better, guys. I, I really don't. They had a nice second half of the season last year. Were able to get into the playoffs. I just don't think they're any better, and I've got them at number seven in this division. Case, what do you think? Yeah, they they kind of just had one little spree last year, maybe a month that they were the best team in the NHL, and made a playoff spot and that was just an absolute freak accident i'm pretty sure i had them at number seven or uh, seven yeah last year as well so um that that speaks to if i think they're any better and the answer is no i think that this team is at the beginning of a rebuild and a very expensive rebuild with some of the players on this team so it's going to be tough for the next few years if you ask me and uh I think they've started doing it right. As you said, picking up Cody Glass is a pretty good piece. Um, same as Philip and Myers. Like that's a, that's a good young defenseman there. But I think this team's ready for a rebuild. And uh, in a division that every team improved, I, I don't think that's this one did. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, you talk about last year, how they went on a little streak and ended up making the playoffs. Uh, that was because of one player, UC Saros, between the pipes. Yep. You can't expect Saros to have like a 960 save through a, a stretch of like 10, 20 games. Like it, it's just, he's very, very good, but he was playing on another level last season. And uh, though I think that was his breakout year and he will be very good this season again, I don't think you can just expect to, you know, rely on a goaltender to carry your entire team so Saros I expect to be good uh he was literally a top five goalie last year uh, according to a lot of people including myself but uh yeah I just don't see this team being able to score any goals I don't know what you're talking about carrier for 
Chad, he's a defenseman on this team. <laughs> yeah, a quick jump for that. Yeah, carrier, boom, <laughs> carrier between the pipes. Uh, I, so deadline time, I expect them to sell. I think they've got some tough contracts to sell, but uh, nevertheless, I, I think this is the year that Nashville should start recuperating. You know, some assets, get some, yeah. get some high picks. They're not going to finish very high in the standings, or so we think. But again, like I said off the top, like this is again another team that could surprise you and and squeeze into a playoff spot if if Soros gets hot. I just don't think it's feasible. And if I if I were a betting man, if I had money to bet, which I don't, um I would not be putting any money on Nashville to make the playoffs. So, that's all I'm going to say about Nashville. I expect them to sell at the deadline. Yeah. Don't expect them to be very good this year, but that's okay because they were very competitive for a very long time and uh now I just think it's time to to tear it down. You know, you mentioned the trade deadline, and uh, I wonder if this year we see them send Philip Forsberg somewhere. He's in the last year of his contract. I wonder if he goes to a contending team and they get a boatload of assets back the other way because he's a real good player, and that would be really good for them uh, for a rebuild that is looking uh, pretty inevitable at this point, like you said, Case. Yeah, uh, trade deadline, March 21st. Put that on your calendar. It's going to be a big day <laughs> for Nashville. Uh, like you said, I think it's going to be a rebuild coming. It's a little questionable to me that they went out and gave Granlin that contract when they're a team that's already in kind of a cap struggle and at the top of a rebuild. But maybe maybe it was good enough to, to give this team one last push. We'll see. Yeah. For sure. All right, let's finish off with the Arizona Coyotes, who uh, just completely tore it down this offseason. Andre Tournier comes in as the new head coach, and uh, he'll get his first uh, crack at coaching in the NHL. He did a great job with Hockey Canada, and he's going to have a young team to coach, guys. OEL and Connor Garland are out the door, along with uh, other guys as well. And um, we talked about it several times on this podcast that we think Billy Armstrong and the front office there has done a great job uh, bringing in assets and draft picks for the next couple of years. But guys, they're not going to be very good this year. Like you want to talk about bad goaltending tandems. This tandem could possibly be worse than Buffalo's. (laughs) Like, honestly, this is their tandem guys. Are you ready for this? Carter Hutton and coroner from San Jose, who they received <laughs> in the deal for Aiden Hill. Now, they do have that Russian Prosvitov. Did I say that right? I don't know, man. You're asking the wrong guys. <laughs> he's, anyway, he's a, <laughs> it's, it's like last week, right, guys? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he, he does look like a stud. But yeah, boys, like that's their goaltending tandem. And they're not going to be very good at all. So... Anyway, uh, thoughts on Arizona? They're, it, like they're they're gonna suck. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just this team. This team. <laughs> it's being called the the salary retention island. And yeah. you know what else is on an island? Alcatraz. 
You know, Alcatraz mm-hmm. is a prison. Mm-hmm. While a lot of these guys are living through their prison sentence being on this team right now, a lot of times just guys just biding their time with long, long pa- contracts being stuck in Arizona here. And I feel so bad for some of those guys. It's going to be a tough time. And honestly, I, I really do think they're doing this rebuild right. They, they've stepped back after losing a few picks. They've picked up a ton. They have like five in the first two rounds next year. Uh, that being said, this is just the worst time possible for this because, frankly, with this team being so bad this year, I'm assuming that a few of those draft picks might be the first draft picks of a new franchise because Arizona is looking like they are in a major struggle to remain as a team. It's going to be tough, and like I said, just bad, bad, bad timing. Yeah. Hopefully this new arena deal in Tempe works out for them, right, boys? I just, I just can't see that happening. Can you guys? Like, I, just, <laughs> I look at this team, I just don't Tough see to it say. happening. I don't know. You know what though? They might have the best jerseys in the NHL now. That's like, right. Going back to the Kachina, so at least they got that. <laughs> That's right. And I've got my OEL jersey, and I guess I'm gonna have to get the numbers stripped off of it and get someone else. Maybe I'll get a Louis Erickson jersey, or you know, <laughs> someone like that. But man, Ch- Jacob Chickering, that guy is the new <laughs> new John Gibson of the NHL to me. Where everyone's just like, oh. please, please trade him, let him go to another team. Yeah. He's stranded. Help him, throw him a life raft. Oh, it's tough. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Chad. Sh- straight up, I feel like this team and how they're going to play this season. You know, with Arizona and Buffalo both doing the same thing, just completely tearing down. Like, yeah, these could be the two worst NHL seasons on record. Like, I don't think that's crazy to say. And if that's the case and they both get a a top two pick, I think the NHL is going to have to revisit the whole lottery conversation like it's been done before. Right. To try to avoid. No, I'm being totally serious. Like to try to avoid teams from tanking, that's why they introduce a lottery in the first place so that you're not guaranteed the first overall pick if you finish dead last. So they might have to add like, you know, I think now, I mean, there's a ton of rules and restrictions, but 15 teams, I believe, are entered into various different lotteries. Like they might have to expand that or like play with the odds or something because if Arizona ends up, you know, purposefully tanking and then they get first overall and it changes their franchise like yes it's good for the team but i think it's just bad for the nhl because it's not fun to have teams like arizona just getting beat up on every single night like anyway that that's just a conversation for another day but that's something i've been thinking about when looking at this team when looking at you know the arizona's the buffaloes of the world who are just purposely tanking like it's not good it's no good overall yeah um you you say that I'm I'm gonna try to give Harp some motivational encouragement here. Um, you say that they could be the the least successful, uh, definitely not the words you used, NHL seasons of all time. Yeah. Well, let's look back to the Colorado Avalanche yes. we talked about earlier on in this episode, mm-hmm. and they did set that record. <laughs> for the worst season in the nhl and then turn it around i'm pretty sure they made the playoffs next year so and now they're a dynasty in the making so 
in the making the is a good qualification. They got to win something oh, 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 first. Oh, but yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But You're yes. not a dynasty until you've won it like two or three cups like Chicago and L.A. But yeah, uh, that team's good. Yep. I that's think all they I have are. to say. And that's what the <laughs> NHL is. You can flip it around pretty quick if you uh, play your cards right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's Arizona and uh, in a couple of weeks from now, Buffalo, who we're going to be talking about when we finish off with the Atlantic. You know, it's it's those two. You could maybe throw Columbus in there. I think they would be a, a third team, possibly. I don't think so. Uh, for for that number one pick. But anyway, um, that's that's a discussion for uh, for another day. For, for next our, week. Uh, What's that? For next week. That's discussion yeah. for next yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, boys, uh, that uh, that was great. And just looking at our division rankings, just to recap. So we've got Colorado, Winnipeg, Dallas, Minnesota, Chicago, St. Louis, Nashville, and Arizona. So we'll make sure to throw that up on our Instagram at Boys in the Booth. Get your thoughts. And we'll be back next week with episode 100, a big milestone for us and we'll be talking about the metropolitan division so thank you so much for joining us for episode 99 as we continue our division previews for the upcoming nhl season starting in just a couple of weeks talk to you next week this has been another episode of boys in the booth with harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams new episodes every monday on spotify and apple podcasts Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.